You are listening to the Anxiety Wad Podcast. And once I realized that I was in charge of my future by hacking into my habitual thinking, it changed the game for me. And what we try to do, you know, uh, with the show is just to share what has worked for people that um, I know or have worked with or have worked for me personally. I'm your host, Corey. Thank you for joining me on the Anxiety Wad Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of the Anxiety Wad Podcast. I'm your host, Corey. Uh, thank you for your patience. Uh, once I got back from Hawaii here, uh, life got crazy. Um, as you can imagine, being gone for two weeks, there is tons of emails that come in, tons of tasks to catch up on, and that's only for work. Um, actually been taking some time to spend some time with my kids enjoy a few things that they're interested in and actually um, one thing we're doing here tonight as I'm recording is we're going to go to the Pinewood Derby for my son who has recently started doing Boy Scouts. I think he's been doing it for about six months now but it's a very interesting <clears throat> situation. My older brother who is a, an Eagle Scout is his den master and then uh, my, my dad actually helps out as well and it's kind of come full circle which he used to go to um, Boy Scouts with my older brother as well. And so those two were teaching my son. Um, I was never in Boy Scouts. I was one of those kids that never was able to sit still long enough to enjoy it. Um, I think it's great. You know, it's it's something that he's interested in. And, uh, you know, and if he's interested in it, I'm interested in it. So we're going to go to that. Um, we took some time here the last couple of weeks to build his car. We have a Batmobile, and it's actually a Lego Batmobile. And so it's been pretty fun. Um, but yeah, just lately trying to get back in the, the habit of sleeping normally and just getting back into the swing of things for as far as schedule. Um, when we were out there, I, man, I tell you what, I ate some undercooked chicken and had the worst stomach flu and I was like, oh, great. It's gonna be like the longest vacation ever, but it ended up being a quick one. It was like an overnight deal. So everything turned out just fine and we, you know, I was back at it and enjoying the sun and fun. Um, if you listen to the last episode, me and my wife jumped on there to kind of talk while we were out in Hawaii, enjoying the, the space, the sunshine. Um, it's a place for me that really um, touches my spirit. And it's the closest place to, closest place on earth that I've been that I really truly feel like I'm myself. Um, and if you guys have listened to the podcast for a while, you know that I've I've felt like an outsider um, a lot of the time in my life just because I, you know, I didn't learn like everybody else. I had stronger emotions than everybody else. And this is in my mind. Um, obviously, I've learned about a lot more since <laughs> since I was a kid. But, um, you know, off and on, I've tried to test out these different roles. None of them have really fit. Um, and more so than ever at, at 42, I really feel like myself. But out there, there's just something different about it. And... Yeah, once, if you've been there, you know, um, but the, the aloha spirit that they have really connects to who I am as a person. And so it took me um, a good week, and I, I think I'm still lagging a little bit, not only for jet lag, but just coming down from such a, such a peaceful uh, place that feels like home to me was, was a little bit of a struggle. And I'm not going to lie, I, I 
felt a little bit like when I had pretty severe depression. Um, it kind of reared its ugly head a little bit. And, you know, it, it always kind of ha- happens when you got to come back and get into what's, what's quote unquote real life. But it, it started to get the ball rolling on, you know, am I doing what I want to be doing? And, you know, when you know that there's a place like that out in the world, um, you ask yourself, well, why am I not living here? If this is such a great um, fit for me, you know, I've been all over the, the, not the world, but all over like our North America area. Um, I've been to Mexico, Jamaica, uh, actually Mexico quite a few times, but you know, East coast, West coast, Southeast, Northwest, all those fun places. But this is like the one place that it's like, if I had unlimited funds, that's where I would be. Like if we won the Powerball, you'd be seeing a quick exit from exodus from uh, Minnesota from us. Um, but anyways, um, the point being is that I had to figure out how to get back up and, you know, revisiting some of those old habits. And what came to my mind very quickly was I kind of had stopped doing some of the most important ones. And so what the episode today is going to be talking about are, are what are some of those key habits that I've adopted that have really got me level, um, you know, our, our mood and our mindset kind of will have an ebb and flow to it. Things in life will pop up that will bring us down. They'll bring us way up. Um, but how do you maintain that, that storm, that some semblance of balance to keep us up? And, um, one thing that, that I, I had been doing and I kind of got away from this as it got colder out was cold exposure. Um, you guys have heard me talk about this many times, but even in the morning after I work out, I'll take a cold shower for like the last minute or two minutes of my shower. And the cold exposure that I'm talking about is I've, I've retrofitted a freezer in my garage. Like I, I, um, once we got it, I, I waterproofed it on the inside with like, um, some caulking silicone and, you know, I made it smooth and, and kind of did all the things. And I have one of those, um, Christmas timers that it clicks on for half an hour at midnight and then a half an hour again at six. So I can pop in there and it's going to be right between 40 and 50 degrees. And so what I'll do is I'll go in there and, um, do some breath work. The one thing that would apply to anxiety is that it's a, it's a controlled environment to get comfortable being uncomfortable. When you want to heal and when you are ready to take action, you're going to have to be okay with allowing yourself to be uncomfortable. Um, what we worry about, what we fear, they're, they're outside of our comfort zones because all we want to do when we're, we're anxious and afraid is remain comfortable and not scared, right? And so it's a controlled environment to kind of force yourself into discomfort. You control how long you're in there. You control the breathing. You control if you get in there or not. So it's a way to kind of get out of your comfort zone and step into some discomfort, work on your breathing, and it replicates an anxious situation. And again, you know, most anxious situations, we don't get to control. They pop up or we obsess about them. We can't let them go. Uh, they, they'll just be all out of the blue. Boom. I'm anxious. What do I do? So the, the ice bath, once I, I kind of figured out that it was like practice for going to the doctor, practice for flying, um, practice for MRIs, practice for the dentist and other things like public speaking. Um, I looked at it as practice and it became part of my daily habit. 
And, you know, I almost did it daily, but that might be a little much, but I was also training uh, CrossFit, you know, and, and being someone that's had joint replacements is that it helped keep the inflammation down. So it was another side benefit for me. But speaking of benefits, let me read what cold exposure can do for you. So number one is going to pump your body with vital oxygen, you know, deep breath work, excuse me. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm talking about the Wim Hof method. If you, if you were following along here and what it is, is like you kind of do a deep breath in and out, um, for a 30 count on your last one, you exhale completely. And then you try to see how long you can retain that oxygen. And so it gets this oxygen rich blood going through your body and ends up warming up your body. Um, when we are anxious and when we are fearful, we tend to breathe in our chest. And so we don't like, we get short, shallow breath. And so what we're all actually doing is depriving our body of that vital oxygen that we need. So, um, the breathing method, um, as I'll do it twice. So I'll do 30 breaths going and it almost sounds like I'm hyperventilating. Um, it's controlled. I I'll slow down a little bit if I get a little dizzy. Um, but when I get to that 30th, I'll exhale and I'll set a timer and see how long I can do it. And the, the thought behind it is that each time you do it, you're going to get a little bit longer. And so it's almost be, you know, being a competitive person, it's like, okay, can I do it? Can I do it? Can I do it? And I try to beat my last score. And so I'll do three or two to three rounds of that, depending upon when I do it, um, either in the morning or in the evening. Um, a good one to do it is before you get into the freezer, I would not recommend doing it in any kind of water, uh, disclaimer there, um, because there is a chance that you can kind of get a little dizzy or faint, um, just because you're kind of replicating, a, um, uh, hyperventilation, but, uh, yeah, he doesn't recommend doing it near water while you're driving. Um, you can do it at work because you're probably going to just, people are just going to think you're falling asleep if you pass out, but no, I'm just kidding. Don't do it at work either, but just do it in a controlled environment. I usually do it just sitting on our couch and then I'll go jump into the cold, uh, tank, which is my freezer, which is kind of funny because, you know, I'm six, three, about two twenty eight, two thirty, and I barely fit in that thing. So I can only imagine what the neighbors think when they drive by, but, um, so yeah, as you're doing the breath work, kind of think of calming, peaceful, Wherever your spot is, my mind goes directly to Kanapali Beach, which is where we just came back from. I'm sitting there with my eyes closed. I'm sitting in the sun, just relaxing, taking in some fresh ocean air um, and trying to just center myself before I jump into there. Um, it's an energy rush, too. Um, you know, nobody likes the cold. I don't like it, but I do it for the benefits. Um, but what I've done is, is rather than... Um, taking that adverse mindset to discomfort, I, I get excited about it. Like you can convince yourself to get excited about anything if you really want to. You know, I mean, parents, like there's stuff that you don't want to do, but you have to like put on a excited face mask for your kids, right? So they are enthusiastic about stuff, but there's an energy rush. Um, and I've talked about this in the past for that energy rush. If you're close to a panic attack, nothing will stop it faster than jumping into some cold water. Um, your body signals that it's going underwater. So it's going to slow down all those body responses you have with a panic attack. Um, it makes you inhale deeply, get some more oxygen. Um, it, it's giving like that euphoric rush and the uh, vitality to every organ in your body, uh, especially your brain. Um, it's a controlled release, uh, release of the adrenal, adrenaline gives you that natural high or a runner's high. 
Um, and so it's, it's really good to kind of offset some of those negative emotions you may feel uh, for a panic attack. You know, um, I think it feels good. Like when I get out, there's like a little bit of a, a warm, uh, burning sensation. If you've ever been outside and your feet are cold and you come in, your feet feel kind of like Bernie or not, uh, not Bernie, not Bernie Sanders, trust me. Um, but if you get in the shower and you get that little burn in your feet, you, that's, that's kind of what I enjoy. It's like, okay, my body's doing something that's positive. Um, you know, each time you do it, you feel a little bit more relaxed. You're, you're alert, but you're relaxed. Um, let me get to my other one here. Like cold is your new warm friend is what he says. He says cold therapy using cold showers, ice baths, tricks your body switching on their survival mode. And that's what I was talking about the panic attacks. Um, it improves, improves metabolic efficiency, boosting vital health markers, increasing your growth hormone and testosterone levels. Super important for guys, girls, you ain't got to worry about it. You don't have testosterone. Another benefit is that it lowers inflammation. Um, you know, we put ice on things that we injure because they get inflamed, just a nat natural body response. And again, this is why I started doing it in the first place as I used to do it in college. Uh, but like once I had my hips replaced, it was a, a good way for me to kind of extinguish some of that inflammation that would come up when I was training. Um, it releases endorphins and happy hormones like dopamine. Super important if you're someone that has an anxiety disorder. Those two things kind of get squished um, with the weight of some of the heavy emotions and thoughts that we have when we're, we're panicky or fearful. Viva Las Vegas is what it's called here. It says, with further, further practice, you can control your vagus nerve. I'm sorry, I'm Norwegian, so I can't pronounce anything. I think it's vagus nerve and your autonomic nervous system, potentially a complementary treatment for severe disease, free of charge with absolutely no side, negative side effects. Obviously with better oxygen and more oxygen, your body's gonna heal itself. Um, he doesn't claim to heal any specific illness, but anything that is going to increase your health markers is gonna be beneficial for you. Um, and then the last one here is, is there's an astonishing long-term benefit it says it controls your immune system, which is kind of counterintuitive. What we're told as kids are like, put a hat on, you're going outside. But cold exposure um, with that increase in metabolism, that increase in oxygen is really good for your immune system. It can change your core body temperature, um, can create superhuman strength and stamina, sleep deeply, burn fat, reduce inflammation, and have more energy and switch off stress at will. So burning fat. Um, what this does or how this happens is as you're cold, your core body temperature kind of comes down, but when you get out, your body's going to burn fat to warm itself back up. So getting into ice is going to burn more fat. So if you have weight loss goals, here's another benefit. Jump in the water, breathe, get out. Your body warms itself up. It's going to use that, um, that fat fuel source and kind of burn itself out. And eventually what will happen is your body will go from um, storing white fat to brown fat. Brown fat is something that we had more of when we were um, more hunter gatherer types. We've gone away from that because, you know, we live in life, a life of comfort now. Um, but as you develop uh, a tolerance to cold, your body's going to make more brown fat. And if you want to get kind of geeked out about that, research some brown fat information and it'll, it'll be good for you. Um, and then people have also reported relief, 
and even complete recovery from autoimmune and inflammatory diseases. Obviously, if it takes down inflammation, if it gets you better oxygen, um, those autoimmune uh, disorders are going to be... Um, I don't like the word cured for something like this because I don't know enough about it. Um, but it, you're going to benefit from it. Obviously, there's a benefit to anything that you do that's going to increase oxygen, decrease inflammation, whether it's nutrition, um, you know, recovery, or cold exposure like this. And so those are some of the reasons that I use the Wim Hof method and the, some of the reasons that I'm getting back into it. And you'll probably start seeing some posts on that. Um, I just went out and checked my freezer and there's about four inches of ice on the top of it. So I got to chip that out first before I start jumping back in there. But it's super important when you find things that benefit you, that you stick with them. Um, I have recently gotten away from that. And before I knew it, I was kind of in a negative headspace, which is interesting because I came from the place that I absolutely love the most other than with my family on earth. And it was an immediate turnaround to kind of humdrum and, and not like clinical depression or severe depression like, like I've had in the past, but it was just like, it was, it was a depressed feeling. And so I quickly was like, okay, what did I used to do? Like, I was like, I got to reevaluate where, where did have I gone off? Um, you know, I still read in the morning and I still will do some meditation stuff. I'll do some box breathing, but those are the main three that I had been doing. Well, I'm like, well, what about, you know, the cold exposure stuff. Like you used to do that all the time. Why have, you, why have you stopped doing that? And it's just like winter came. I just quit doing it. You know, I didn't keep up my uh, freezer. Uh, I, I checked that, clean that out regularly. Um, I quit doing the cold showers, which I started last week again. Um, but then I also quit the breath work. Um, being someone that has had some health issues physically, um, I quit doing that. And so I started to get sore and you know, when you're sore, everybody's cranky when they're sore. Nobody enjoys being sore. Well, I should take that back. A lot of us CrossFitters enjoy it because we know that we put in some work that way, but mine's more so like areas that I've had chronic pain when they get sore again, it's like I'm off. Um, and then I had to recheck some of the nutritional choices I was making. Not that I was eating wrong or, or bad stuff. I just, I had been eating a certain way for three months, losing weight here. And, and when I went on vacation, I just kind of, I didn't really throw everything out the door. I just didn't track it as much as I used to. And so, you know, a whole combination of things brought me to a point where I'm like, ugh. And that's that's just the best way to describe it. Just like, ugh. Not physically, but only, um, but mentally as well. And so I'm, I'm, you know, and we just got back from a work on site here and there was a lot of great information. One of which that I'm bringing back home is goal setting. And we're gonna do this as a family. We're each gonna do our own in four different areas and then we're gonna do um, one as a family. And what we're gonna do, what we're gonna try to do is check in weekly and try to hold each other accountable to it. I'm obviously uh, a goal-driven person. I've, I've always been that way, um, but that was another thing I quit doing. One of my health goals is gonna to, um, get back on my regular morning ritual, my regular daily ritual with certain things that benefit my anxiety. Um, I, my anxiety has been really good. I actually just gave a talk here today, um, the day that I'm recording. Um, I was nervous for about the first minute um, and that's actually faster than it had been in the past. You know, I usually called it the golden two. If I can get through the first two minutes, I'm golden. Um, but this time it was one and it was, I mean, it was information that I, I knew 
backwards and forwards because it's in my wheelhouse of what I do on a daily basis. But still, I'm up in front of people talking in front of people. <laughs> and that's something that I've, I've always struggled with. And in fact, I've, I've hidden from at a work function. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. See what happens. Um, and I actually talked about the podcast. I talked about my family and, and whatnot. And I had never done that before. You know, usually my talks are pretty straightforward. They're, um, I throw my own sense of humor in there, but I, it's not usually that personal. And so it, it may have been that my talk started out with sharing. Um, each, each time we present, we do like family first. And so we, I've never done that. Um, I've always kind of skipped over that part. <laughs> Nobody ever said anything about it, but I did it this time. And I think that may have loosened me up. Um, you know, that's, that's one of my safe places with my family. My son, have a, my son and I have a great connection because we share that struggle with anxiety. And so like talking about him, talking about my daughter and how she's basically a, a real life cartoon character and then talking about my wife being such a, you know, a beast in the gym and, and someone that, that inspires me to be a better person that I think that brought some of that back home and kind of centered me out a little bit. And so it was, it was a huge victory. And so when on the way home, I had about a 45 minute drive. I'm like, we're doing this goal thing, you know, came out of there and we're going to do it. And again, like I said, I want to get back to those things that I was doing that benefited me for anxiety because they benefit me even if I don't have anxiety. And so one of the things I want to tell you is that if you're the type of person being like, well, why would I get in cold water? It's the same thing that I would say is why would you do a morning routine? Um, you do it for when you need it, even if you don't need it right now. And I want to let that marinate a little bit in your brain. Why do you eat healthy? Well, you eat it healthy because if you get sick, you're probably going to be sick sh a shorter period of time. Why do you exercise? Well, if you're on vacation in Hawaii, a tsunami comes. What if you need to pick up your mother-in-law and run up a hill? Survival, right? And not that that is something that would happen, but... Imagine if something that, like that happened. Are you prepared to pick up your significant other, your children, and survive? So you exercise for when you need it, even though you may, need, may not need it right now. You do your morning ritual. You do your, your beneficial anxiety habits on a daily basis, even if you don't need them that day, for when the you-know-what hits the fan. Like I've talked about that continuum, that half arc. On the right-hand side is happiness. The middle is contentment. On the left-hand side is sadness. And the day after day, as you do those habits, you're going to tick up over the arc to the right-hand side between happiness and contentment. Because when the, you know what, hits the fan, you slide back to contentment rather than being between contentment and sadness, and you only have to go back to sadness. And so if you can get yourself on a continuum that's on the right-hand side is bravery. Well, I shouldn't say that. So on the right-hand side would be fearlessness, which in sports, that's how I played. Um, on the top of the arc would be bravery. On the left-hand side would be terrifying or terrified. And so you do these um, exposures like cold exposure or 
facing some of your fears, like public speaking, like I did today. I didn't have to do as long of a speech as I did, but I intentionally pushed myself into discomfort because I wanted to tick over towards a little closer to fearlessness. Now you can't have bravery without fear. I understand that. Um, but I am someone that at one point in my life, I was pretty close to fearless, not reckless fearlessness, but I had that kind of confidence in my own self that completely got shattered. You know, the higher you up, you are up on the mountain, the farther you have to fall. And I fell all the way down. And so for me, it's like, I'm going to tick myself over towards fearlessness every day as much as I can for when I need it, for when I have to get up and give a, a talk. You know, I was just asked to do be MC for this Boy Scout thing. And my immediate reaction was like, how many people are going to be there? But then I took a step back and be like, no, no, you just did this talk today. That's going to be more high pressure than talking for a bunch of nine-year-olds. And so if you're someone that is struggling with where to start for recovering from your anxiety, everybody takes a shower or a bath, hopefully. For the last 30 seconds of your shower, just kind of tick it over and focus on your breath. Put your hand on your belly button. Feel your stomach, your stomach go all the way in and all the way out. Pull your belly button towards your spine. Go. And just do it for 30 seconds. Try to increase the time. Try to go a little. You don't have to go so cold that the, the, um, the water takes your breath away. But just keep kind of ticking it over and just kind of pressing the limits. Because you, what you're doing is you're practicing getting into discomfort. And you're surviving. I think the biggest thing for people with anxiety like myself is I was so scared to try anything because I was scared I wasn't going to survive. There were certain days where I'm like, oh, yep, today's the day I'm going to die. For I'm going to have a heart attack. I'm going to get cancer. I'm going to have brain aneurysm. I'm going to have a stroke. A lot of mine was health, <laughs> health oriented. It seems silly to me right now. And it, it's not, it's not silly because it's very real at the time. But the silly part is I would do nothing to change my circumstance. I would do nothing to kind of push myself forward into discomfort to get out of that spot. Because the truth was I was letting myself stay there because I wanted to feel safe. So in order to get past that point, we have to find safe ways to lean into discomfort. And I, I'm, I'm not um, affiliated with Wim Hof at all. I just want to express the benefits of something like that. Now, this may not be your bag, but find something that you could do that's going to help you practice a little bit of discomfort. Whether it's if you're out and about and you're a shy person, say hi to people. Ask them how they're doing. You know, there's a point in time when you make that eye contact where you're like, oh, and then you look away. Just say hello. And, and that's going to be your test for the day. Find those little tiny safe bits of bravery that you can practice in a day. And eventually it becomes this bigger habit. You've gotten yourself around to the other side of the continuum. And so when the you know what hits the fan, you have bravery to rely on versus being terrified. Consistent effort over time. Do this consistently. Draw out a weekly schedule of when you can do some of these exposures. Especially if you're going to do the ice bath, just do it. Start with two times a week, right? Just do it Monday, Friday, and just see how it goes. Whether you shower at night or in the morning, it really doesn't make a difference. It's not going to keep you up at night. It will probably wake you up in the morning, which is better than caffeine. Um, you know, caffeine can dehydrate you and, and starve you of some oxygen if your blood pressure gets too high. But 
lay yourself out a plan and check them off as you do them. You know, and this goal setting thing was, was super important because I, you realize that you're 85% more likely to follow through to a goal if you just write it down. Statistically, that's it was something that came out. 85% more likely to accomplish a goal if you just write it down. That's, that's pretty great, isn't it? So um, as a family, we're going to do that. I'm going to do that for myself, kind of get back on track. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to meet with our CEO and just kind of do some career planning, which is kind of terrifying, you know, and the main reason it's terrifying is I don't want to get through that and be like, well, I'm kind of stuck where I'm at. You know what I mean? I, I, and I don't know if that's the case, but like being an anxious person, you got to think about those things and then kind of push them to the side and be like, well, what if he sees something in me that I don't see? So there's always a way to look at the positive on those things. The last thing I'll say about goals is there, I heard a story once upon a time that there was this guy that used to travel around. He was an archer and he would do these trick shots and long distance shots. And each time he would go to a city, he would look for the best archery in that city or town. And he would challenge them to a trick shot contest and he was undefeated. And the story goes that he found this young peasant boy <laughs> which is kind of just a, you know, this is a made up story, but it just, it's getting to a point that the peasant boy was pretty witty and smart. And the, um, the archer got a, got a little flamboyant, a little cocky and said that I'll let you pick the trick shot. And up until this time, he had always just picked something that he knew he could hit. And so the, the peasant boy, um, being kind of witty, like I said, he's like, well, let's do this. And we'll do it blindfolded. And the archer says, no problem. We can do it. And so um, the peasant boy goes first, ends up hitting the target. And the archer goes second. They move the target a little farther. He needs to get close. I don't even know if that's the right way to tell a story. But the moral of the story is it is impossible to hit a target that you cannot see. So create a vision. Create an outline, create a schedule towards your goal of healing. You're going to be more, you're 85% more likely to hit your goal of healing simply by writing it down. That's all I got guys. Season two, episode five, we done. Please come, keep coming back guys. We're going to figure this out. Have a peaceful morning afternoon or evening. We'll see you later.